Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with the Pew Podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion to see people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Really excited to have you here with us this week. This is part two to last week's part one. We are talking all about submission and competition within marriage and how to have thriving families that are mm-hmm. following the Lord in today's culture and society. Let's see. We're just going to start right in. I feel like we we need Good. to start right in yep. where we left off last week because what we see in our culture. So if you, I guess if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go and do that before you listen to this one, because it will make a lot more sense if you do. One of the things that Maddie and I have noticed in our culture today is obviously our just love of diversity and Mm -hmm. all of those things that we're supposed to be just bending over backwards to make sure we are we are being diverse and that we understand it and that we don't you know make anybody feel bad if they're a little bit different or they have a a different role in society to play all those things okay we make such a big deal of diversity but what we want to kind of talk about today is the fact that we really don't we really hate being different and Mm -hmm. we really dislike the thought of having different roles within society now let me just say, for the Christian, this is a great thing because we can understand scripture. We can understand what God is saying in so many of the passages where he talks about marriage and men and women. And, you know, we often give Paul a bad rap because he talks about this a lot, the differences and the roles for men and for women and how they're different and they're mm-hmm. distinct from one another. Um, But like we mentioned in the last episode, they do complement each other. Mm -hmm. They are different. We all have different roles to play and different jobs to take care of. But when we do those together within the confines of marriage and we understand that we can be equally yoked and we can have the same mission and we can truly be on mission together for the sake of eternity and the kingdom of God, when you understand that, it is so freeing mm-hmm. for men and for women, especially within a marriage. And I think this is what makes a good marriage. Because yeah. for all the couples that I've seen who really give their lives to one another and they've given their lives to the Lord first and foremost, and then they do that together, they have the greatest marriages that I've seen. And those are the ones that I want to imitate one day. Mm-hmm. I don't want to imitate the ones where you see constant fighting and chaos and like the wife is in charge and she's controlling and she tells him what he can say and you know yeah. all those different things. That's not the kind of marriage that I want to imitate mm-hmm. one day at all. Like I want to run away yep. from that kind of marriage. So I want to start with a G.K. Chesterton quote because I feel like that is most appropriate for where we're at today. Indeed, He had a lot to say about marriage and men and women and our different roles and how they complement each other. And this is one that I have just absolutely loved. This is one that was included in the Even Exile documentary. He said, if I set the sun beside the moon, and if I set the land beside the sea, and if I set the flower beside the fruit, and if I set the town beside the country, and if I set the man beside the woman, I suppose some fool would talk about one being better. Maddie, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think that sums it up very nicely because, first of all, I just love the aestheticness Mm -hmm. of that quote. Honestly, these elements in nature specifically, let's just start there, they're so different 
mm-hmm. from one another and yet still coexist so beautifully. But the Lord has made it almost so that it can't be a competition. The flower blooms whether anything else is blooming or not. It doesn't matter. It just does its job and it's focused on what it's created to do. And the sun and the moon are such poetic um, pieces of imagery that we see all over the place, especially in poetry. But there are two different elements of our world that are so beautiful and that reign over two very separate things Mm -hmm. and yet still serve some of the same purposes and provide light in the darkness and provide light during the day. And G.K. Chesterton just sets this up so beautifully by contrasting these different things that cannot be necessarily compared to one another because they're so inherently different and yet some of them serve the same purposes. I mean, the whole of creation, the only way it moves in harmony is they're focused on their job, Mm -hmm. on doing what they were created to do, whether anything else is doing what it was created to do, Mm -hmm. you know, and then all these things work in harmony with one another. You need the sun to have the flowers and the fruit and you need the town to have the country and, you know, you need these different things that are going to bring beauty and differences to the world around us. And I think that he really does an incredible job of comparing this to men and women and marriage specifically because we each have a specific job that we're supposed to do. Men are meant to submit to the Lord and are meant to lead and are meant to um, make us feel safe and protected and secure. And they're meant to provide for us. Women are meant to submit to the Lord and submit to their husbands. And then they are also called to raise the family, to create this world and this home that is comforting and peaceful and calming Mm -hmm. compared to the outside world. They're meant to kind of create the country outside of the city. And so it's just an incredible concept that he lays out in this quote because I think so many of us view marriage as we're each supposed to be pursuing completely separate things that never come back together. Mm. And But yet somehow we are supposed to come back together because we're married. Yeah. But then how does that work? Exactly. And so that's why it fails because we we don't take hints from nature. I mean, just the world around us and we don't look at these things and say, okay, they all are different. They're all completely unique and special. And yet every single thing works together. I think so many people are all like, okay, so should a woman have a job or should she not? And it's just kind of like black and white. What should you do? Whatever. Personally, I don't really even want a job. I want to be the homemaker. I want to be the mother and the peace cultivator. And I want to have a little garden and big bookshelves. And I want to have a husband then who can make me feel secure in that and who will still be able to provide for our family. And so this is how marriage is supposed to work. It's supposed to be we both have different roles. And I mean, depending on what your family genuinely needs, I think this issue of should women have jobs or not is sometimes tricky because our world makes us think that yes women should have great careers and then some people are like oh absolutely not like women shouldn't even be educated they should just Mm -hmm. learn how to bake and cook and make their husband feel comfortable at home and I mean that is like so important homemaking is so so important but then again we still need to be educated. We still need to be capable of having a job if we would have to have one. And so, I mean, I'm not getting into all that today. But I think that so many of us, we fall into this trap that the world is setting for us that women need to have a career. You need to be successful. You need to be making more money than your husband. You need to be the main source of income in your family. 
so then we're like, okay, career, career, career. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm supposed to pursue. Sometimes we completely neglect having kids. You just never have them because you're career oriented or you have them and then you send them off and you see them for a few hours every day. I think this idea that the world has set up is just so sad, honestly, because we're just living in this repetitive cycle of dissatisfaction Mm -hmm. and just misery. And we're wondering why. Mm -hmm. That's the saddest part to me, I think, is because I don't understand all of this and how we have overcomplicated it. I mean, we've overcomplicated this whole thing to the point where even as Christians and as Christian women specifically, we're looking around going, but I think men are too. I think we're going, this isn't right. This is not how we were intended to live. But yeah, I don't know what it looks like. Yeah. Then we're just kind of like, but what are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do about it? Because we both, we need both incomes. We live this kind of lifestyle. We need this new car to keep up with our neighbors back here. Mm -hmm. You know, like all of these things have become so complicated and we need to get back to the simplicity of the gospel and the family unit. And what did God do in creation? I want to just talk about this a little bit because I I think that this is so beautiful. In creation, you know, God creates Adam first and Adam names the animals, right? God has him name them and he gives him dominion over creation. Mm -hmm. He gives man dominion over the animals, over all living things, right? But Adam is submitted to God. He knows that he has been created by God and he has a unique purpose within creation. Well, as Adam names these animals, as he plays with them, as he enjoys their company and and all these different things, he starts to realize there is not a creature that has been created that is like him and Mm -hmm. that can help him. And so God creates woman from man, right? From Adam's rib, he creates Eve and to be a helper for him. That is specifically what scripture says. Adam is given dominion. Woman is created from man. And so she joins in this role that he has Mm -hmm. to have dominion over all of creation. And so she's helping him complete his mission. Mm -hmm. She's helping him do what he was created to do. And she gets to join in that because she is made in his likeness. And so I just think that this is so cool because we're both made in the likeness of God. And one of the things that Becca points out in the documentary, and she does so well at it, she continues to say a couple times over in the documentary, why would God create this marvelous creation of so many unique creatures and living things? And then when he gets to his final creation, which is man and woman, why would he create something that has no purpose, that's not unique, that's Mm -hmm. just like, okay, you're pretty to look at, that's it. He didn't. He gives us a role and we're helping man do that. But you're submitting to your own husband. He doesn't ask Eve to be a helpmeet to every single man. She is submitted to him and him alone, Mm -hmm. and he is submitted to the Lord. And then they are accomplishing this mission of having dominion over the earth together and multiplying it. So they can't do it without the other, Mm -hmm. but they each have their unique role and their unique purpose within it. And I saw something on social media the other day that I just, I loved this. And it was a Christian wife and homemaker. And um, she was stating that one of the things that she's seen in scripture is that the man takes care of the outside world while the woman takes care of the inside world. So Mm -hmm. the home and all those things. And when you are doing that together, 
both of you thrive yeah. in your specific areas. Mm-hmm. You thrive as a family. You thrive in the home and outside of the home because you are each protecting each other and you're each taking care of one another. You each love each other enough to go, I want to take care of this for you. I want to help you in this way. I want to lead you in this way so that you don't have to worry about this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let me worry about that. This is a beautiful example of what marriage looks like and it starts in the very first chapters in genesis Mm -hmm. when god creates marriage so we need to get back to that simplicity of adam and eve garden of eden what did god tell them to do how did he tell them to function we need to get back to doing those things and they're very simple things (laughs) and they're not complicated and it's not hey you need to work so that you can keep up and you can make this much money and Mm -hmm. hey you make more money than him and lord it over him and all these different things that is non-existent in the creation story what is existent is a love that each has for the other that it's willing to operate in the role that god has given them and they do that well well, and I mean, let's also look at all of humanity was doomed when Eve decided that she didn't want to be content in that anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. When she decided that she wanted to start making her own decisions and she wanted to do what the person who she was firstly supposed to be submitted to told her not to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is just like, if we need a better example, I don't think you're going to find one because, yeah. I mean, let's seriously look at that and can you really still say women should be doing their own thing? They should be out there just soaring through the ranks and, you know, doing their own thing, making their own decisions, you know, all these different things. And I'm not saying women have no right to make their own decisions because they absolutely do. But if we look at Eve, you see that she lost sight of, I'm meant to submit to a higher power that knows a lot more than I do. And I'm supposed to continually be submitted to it and then i'm supposed to be submitted to adam and instead these roles got swapped Mm -hmm. and adam became the shy little puppy and eve was like take the fruit and you know and this is exactly what we see today it's Mm -hmm. the just take the fruit and listen to me and you know do what i tell you to do happy wife happy life right exactly and it's like oh you listen to me good decision (laughs) i cannot stand it when wives say things like that because i'm just like this is like nails on a chalkboard to me um Because it's just like, he was never created to listen to you, Mm -hmm. ever. And that's just such an abomination of marriage, honestly. Right. And when you realize that that's not really what she wants, but that's what she thinks she wants, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you're getting this so mixed up. Like, this is never how it was meant to be. And when you look at the Adam and Eve example, they're not competing. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I really want to drive home in this episode is that we think you were going to read the scripture, so maybe Mm -hmm. you want to read that, but we're not trying to outdo one another in marriage. Like, Mm -hmm. that's never how it was meant to be. Eve is a help me, but we're on mission together. In a marriage, a man and a woman, we're on mission together. We're not trying to go our own ways, like Maddie said, and be all individualistic and try Mm -hmm. to pursue our own careers that are polar opposite of one another And we don't have this common mission and this common goal that we're chasing after together. You may have to do different jobs and different things at some points in life, and that's okay. That's totally fine. But that's not your main goal. And that's what I feel like a lot of women in today's world, they're like, oh, I want to do this job. He's like, well, I want to do this job. Okay, well, we're going to get married and we're each going to pursue those things. And then, like you said, we're going to come home in the evenings and try to figure out what life looks like 
together and mm-hmm. what it looks like to do togetherness, right? And yeah. and be in marriage together. It doesn't work because you don't have a common goal and you don't have a common purpose and you don't have this thing that you're both chasing after together and you're helping make happen. Yeah. That's not happening when you're each going your own ways and when career becomes the most important thing to each of you. That's what so many young couples are doing in today's world and older couples too. But I see so many younger couples, they have that mentality. Like somebody else will raise our kids. Mm -hmm. Somebody else will take care of the home. Well, not really. You know, it'll just become a shipwreck and yeah, who knows what. And we'll each just make money and worry about that. Like that's the most important thing. Hear me when I say that that's not the most important thing and that that mentality and that desire for more money, more materialistic things, more, 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 that will ruin a marriage and that will ruin a family and that will ruin relationships between parents and children. And Mm -hmm. then we have the chaos and confusion that we have today. But God didn't create it that way. And that's the good news here because there are still a few men and there are still a few women who want to live out God's design together and they want to glorify him. That's what creation does, right? And their unique differences and their unique roles, they're ultimately glorifying their creator. Yeah. That's ultimately what we were made to do as well. Mm -hmm. It's so simple and we just continually try to complicate it. I mean, it's just like, how am I going to glorify God? in this union. And if it's not going to, then why are we here? Right. And I think that's the main question that we all need to ask ourselves is, is this glorifying God or not? And if it's not, then what in the world are we doing Mm -hmm. and how are we going to fix it? Right. So I want to read a verse, 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. Our dad talks about this verse all the time. It says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness. Mm. So I think obviously this is the very foundational idea of Christians are not intended to marry non-Christians. But I also want to just lay out, I think this is a great analogy for marriage and I talked a little bit about it last week. But I mean, when you have two animals that are hooked to a plow, I mean, this was back in the olden days before tractors and everything. But when you have two animals hooked to a plow and they are pulling and they're trying to till this field and they're trying to plant and they're trying to work the ground and produce something that is going to be fulfilling, that is ultimately going to provide for them. When you have these two animals, they both have to be pulling at the same speed with the same amount of strength. Mm -hmm. And when one is just a little bit too rowdy and is like, here we go, let's do this thing. Let's just run down this field and get going. Then the other one is kind of, you know, holding them back a little bit and the plow gets all messed up and then they just end up going in circles. Right. Then the same thing happens when, well, the one just doesn't even want to put in any work so they're just trying kind of making the other one just pull them along Mm -hmm. and so then it takes forever and it's miserable and the other beast is tired way before the lazy one is and it's just it gets all muddled and messed up and this is an incredible analogy for marriage because when you're both pulling towards the same goal with the same amount of strength and the same speed then you have even straight rows Mm -hmm. and you have this incredibly nice and curated field that is beautiful to look at and that is providing for you and that you have put a lot of hard work into, then you're ultimately going to get to see the rewards of the hard work you put into. But if you're both pulling 
and one's trying to go left and one's trying to go right, then you're just at like a standstill. You can't go anywhere. And it's just, you know, you're just constantly fighting against one another. Mm -hmm. And this is what we see in most marriages today because it's the wife wants to pursue a career, the husband wants to pursue a career, and then the kids are just kind of left in the middle with the daycare workers and their teachers in public school. And then they have no idea what mom and dad are doing and mom and dad have no idea what mom and dad are doing. And it's just like... I'm going this way, you're going that way, whatever. I'm going the way I want to go. Mm-hmm. And it's just so selfish. Yes. It really is. And that's the main problem in our society today. And absolutely every area, not even just marriage, we've created a society of people who are unbelievably selfish. I mean, it's just genuinely unbelievable. And it's created people who have absolutely no common sense, no common goal. And it's created a world that is in complete disharmony and dissatisfaction constantly. But at least we're making good money. At least you're making more money than your husband. At least your husband listens to you and you don't have to listen to him. You know, Lily pointed out that women, when they do that, they genuinely aren't happy Mm-mm. because deep down we all, because we were created like this, we all want husbands to lead and we want fathers to lead and we want to have a man in our life that we can look up to and then we can say, no matter what, I know that I am secure and I am protected and here's what I'm going to offer to him. I'm going to offer him a peaceful home. I'm going to offer him respect from me, respect from our children, and I'm going to give him all of my devotion and all of my love because I know that he is doing the same in return and he is providing for me. He's protecting me and our family and, you know, all these different things. And deep down, we want that. We don't want to be the leader. We don't want to have to work. We don't want to have to do all these things because we were never created to. And Mm -hmm. so it's 10 times more exhausting for us to try and lead our families than it is for men to try and lead our families because men were created to do that. And this is something that the church doesn't talk about enough because, oh, we don't want to ruffle the ladies' feathers. Mm -hmm. See, this is the weird thing because last week we talked about like in the sermons, they're all women submit to all men and, you know, you don't have any free will. And yet at the same time, we can't talk about men actually being leaders then if we're going to submit to them because, well, we don't want the women to feel like they're being trampled on, Mm -hmm. you know? And so the church really just needs to make up their minds and stick with a position on this. We don't know what we believe about it. Exactly. And we just continually complicate it. And Mm -hmm. so then it's just hard to, you know, detangle everything. Yeah, for sure. And typically the reason that women go ahead and usurp their husband's authority is Mm -hmm. because they were never leading in the first place. Yeah. That's why they're doing that. It's not because they want to. It's not because they just come into the marriage and they're like, well, I mean, sometimes they do because in the dating relationship, they haven't been leading. Now, it's not our job as ladies in a dating relationship to submit completely to him because we're not married to him yet it is your own husband it starts at that's like the period where you're getting to know if you actually could submit to him exactly and you're both talking through those things Mm -hmm. biblically speaking as far as you know are we going to fulfill the roles that god has given us and are we compatible in that are we going to be on mission together Mm -hmm. can we do this that's the point of a dating relationship courtship whatever you want to call it but marriage is specifically for us to each function in our in our roles and be on mission together Mm -hmm. so it starts then it starts in the marriage and what usually tends to happen is the husband is 
is not doing that. He's not willing to lead. He's, you know what? I think this even starts in his own childhood. He yeah. doesn't see his father doing that, right? Whatever well, same he thing with his women mom. also, because we're looking towards our fathers and they're supposed to be leading and then our mothers are supposed to be submitting. So if we're looking at our parents and they're not fulfilling those roles either, right. it's just automatically like, well, my mom always led. So I guess mm-hmm. this is how it's supposed to be. So listen up. Here's what we're going to do. Right. So he sits down and he's just like, okay, he doesn't know what it looks like to lead. He doesn't know what it looks like mm-hmm. to be respected in the home or, and outside the home and that kind of thing. So, and then what do women do? We just go ahead and do, you know, typically what our moms did. And um, because he's sat down, he's like, he doesn't care. He doesn't mm-hmm. seem to want to be involved here. So we'll just go ahead and take over his role and do it ourselves. It's usually not because we want to. We really don't. So men, if you're listening, especially single guys, women don't want that. We want you to lead. We want you to be involved. We want you to be the protectors that you were made to be. And we need you to do that. And we need to feel like we can function in our role confidently mm-hmm. as well and be yeah. that help me that we were supposed to be. And women, you need to be okay with that. This is not a competition. I want to keep saying that. Yeah. If each of the oxen are trying to outdo one another and they're trying to pull harder than the other just because I can and just because I want to prove it and all these things, it's not going to work either, right? I mean, it's just like going in your own direction. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do so often and what we're seeing in our culture and in the marriages that we're witnessing today. So if you're single, don't believe that it has to be that way. Don't believe that it was intended to be that way. That's not the way that God intended marriage to operate. And until we start living in a different way, until we get back to the simplicity of a godly marriage and what it looks like to raise a godly family and to live ordinary lives unto the Lord, until we get back to that, we are going to continue to see chaos and confusion just erupt in our culture Mm -hmm. everywhere because we're doing it our own way. When do we come to the point, when do we come to the end of ourselves and say enough is enough and I'm not doing this in my life? I'm not doing this in my future family, in my future marriage. Mm -hmm. And if you're married, I would encourage you prayerfully consider the example that God has given us in scripture and what he tells men and women to do and what their role should be. Mm -hmm. Prayerfully consider that and ask the Lord if you're doing that in your own marriage because as singles, we need examples to follow. We need examples to imitate in the future. And right now we don't have very many at all. There are very, very few. I would even say a couple marriages that I can personally say I look up to and I would want to imitate in the future. There aren't very many, and there are so many of the ones that I don't want to imitate. I can list so many that I don't want to follow in their footsteps because Mm -hmm. it's not gone very well at all for them. So I just want to encourage us all, whether you're a younger person or an older person listening to this episode, this is so necessary to the church. We need to be talking about this kind of stuff in the church. We need to be talking about practical ways that we can do this stuff. You yeah. know, as women, as as single girls right now, if, if you're listening, you need to be submitting to your father in a biblical way. You need to be respecting him and you need to be taking care of your own space, making sure that you're being a homemaker there with your things, taking care of your stuff learning how to cook and how to bake and how to clean house and how to do these things and also how to work hard if you need to work outside the home for a little bit. There's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I love that quote by C.S. Lewis that says, homemaking is surely in reality the most important work in the world. What do ships, railways, mines, cars, government, etc. exist for except that people may be fed, warmed, and safe in their own homes? 
the homemaker's job is one for which all others exist. How beautiful is he? Like, let's just grab a tissue and like, ugh, cry together. Because this is so true. Homemaking, the art of homemaking and what God has placed in women's hearts to be their ultimate satisfaction, their goal, is that in this ordinary job and my little corner of the world, I can impact so many lives Mm -hmm. for the sake of the kingdom. And I can impact not only my own family, but others as well. their families, generations to come. Because if I teach my children how to do this, if I teach them how to be hospitable, if I teach them how to care for others, how to observe their surroundings and and care for others in the way that Christ cares for them, then I have taught them how to love God and how to love others well. I have taught them how to be little Christs in their own world and how to allow the light to break into their darkness daily. I have shown them what it looks like to experience peace in a tangible way Mm -hmm. through the Lord and through his presence. And I don't know if y'all have ever been in a home before where you can just feel at peace, where you, I don't think there are many homes like that anymore. Mm -mm. We've talked about the last homely house in the Lord of the Rings before here on the podcast. I think we have, haven't we? Possibly. Maybe the blog. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that somewhat soon. But, you know, there's this last homely house in the Lord of the Rings where it it didn't matter what you liked. It didn't matter whether you liked good food or cheer or I'm forgetting all the different things that Tolkien lists Singing, dancing, storytelling. Yeah. But this house was a home. It was truly a place where you could Mm -hmm. feel at peace and you felt love. And I don't think that many of us experience that much anymore, which is really sad to me. But it doesn't mean that we can't create those homes still. It doesn't mean that our house can't be the last homely home in our own world today. And I think that as women, I want to encourage us in that you have the ability, you have the giftings, even if you don't feel like you're a good homemaker right now, even if you absolutely despise cooking, even if you, you know, these different things, you can learn these traits. You mm-hmm. can learn how to be hospitable. You can learn how to create a peaceful home because you know what matters more than anything else in a home is the presence of God. Yeah. It is the existence of the presence of God in our own homes that makes them homes because ultimately our own homes should mirror our ultimate home that God is creating and that Jesus is preparing for us now. And we have the opportunity, women, we do, we have the opportunity here in our own world right now to create a little bit of heaven on earth Mm -hmm. because God has given us those giftings. And men, you are able to be protectors. You are able to be leaders. Don't sit back and be, and I know you're told by the culture all the time, even other women in the church are displaying this as we've talked about. They're displaying this this tyrannical, I don't even know what you want to call it, where we take the man's authority and we condone him for wanting to be a leader and and we say, you can't do that. That's not your job. You That's not your place. And you're never going to be happy unless I'm happy. That's a bunch of crap. And I don't think we should be listening to that stuff anymore. And as Christian women, I want guys to hear there are still a few girls in the world who want that kind of relationship with a guy. They want a guy to lead. They want a guy to be the protector that God has made him to be and to take care of the outside world and to do his job there and to be a warrior in whatever way God wants him to be. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think that if we both understood our roles, if we both as men and women understood God's purpose for marriage and that it's not a competition, Mm -hmm. we would be so much happier. 
And when she says there's a few women out there who are still be homemakers and everything, she's talking about us. She's talking about if you needed a clearer hint, we're taking resumes. She's talking about us. So anyway, I'm just kidding. I do want to leave you with this thought, though. This is just kind of something I've been contemplating while I've been sitting here and just listening to Lily. We, like she said earlier, as women, we're kind of supposed to be focusing on this inside world while the men are in the outside world and they're fighting this evil and the things around us. But I think that we are all so unsatisfied because even our homes are centered around the outside world. There is no inside world anymore. Yeah. And we have not committed our lives to curating that and to creating that in our homes specifically. So when everything is focused on the outside world, everything is focused on these sinful mentalities, these immoral acts, these ideas that are totally not supported by scripture. Mm. And so why do we all feel so exhausted? Why do we all feel so miserable all the time? It's because there is no inside world to retreat to. Mm. There's nowhere to go to escape from the outside world. And this is what is creating societies full of depression and anxiety and suicide and divorce and unhappiness in general and zero satisfaction because there is no inside world. There is no last homely house. And that's so significant in The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings because this house is literally the last house that Mm -hmm. on each of these journeys, it's the last place they're going to be able to rest before they go into the dark and deep world. And they're going to meet some terrible foes and some horrible, horrible evils. And yet they were given this small opportunity to rest Mm -hmm. and to be in a place that is completely, I mean, the borders around this place, I'm trying not to give too much away, are completely protected. And they're completely, they're solid and they are not going anywhere and so you step into this world this area and you just feel peace you feel at home and that is the inside world before they're about to go into the outside world and right now our kids don't have an inside world Mm -hmm. our husbands don't have an inside world we don't as women have an inside world and so we are just facing the evil facing the horrible foes and we are it's just constant even when you go home it's still just like oh my goodness i have to deal with this i have to deal with the technology problems i have to deal with all of us being unhappy i have to deal with my kids disrespecting me and my husband Mm -hmm. and i have to deal with my husband being completely unhappy and i have to deal with not being able to trust people and it's just really sad to me that we don't have an inside world and this is why the outside world has become so powerful and it's pressing in on every side Mm -hmm. because we've given it so much authority over us and we don't have these little sanctuaries around the world where we are saying absolutely not the outside world is not coming here no evil Mm. will penetrate these walls this is a place of good and this is a place of beauty and truth mm-hmm. and right now we're not saying any of that and we're just saying oh come on in the door's open mm-hmm. don't even don't bother knocking it's fine our homes should be like the holy of holies you have the outer courts you have you know where you're going out into the world mm-hmm. and you're dealing with sin and you're dealing with those things like you just said but you have the holy of holies at the same time where that is your home that is the place that is filled with the presence of god where you can rest and you can have true peace and you experience love within your family and your family knows that when i come here that's what i will be getting that's mm-hmm. what i will experience and that's what we all want to come back to right because 
what we ultimately long for is another world, our heavenly home. We're longing for that. And mm-hmm. so our own homes and in our little corners of the world can be the place where God resides and where he meets us in our darkness, where he meets us with our worries and our anxieties and the things that we're dealing with. And he cares for us and yeah. he shows us that peace that surpasses all understanding. And when we're each functioning in our roles, we can experience that all the more, which is so comforting to me in the world that we're living in. Okay. We hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. We definitely enjoyed recording both of these. For sure. Uh, when Lily, <laughs> last week when she was like, I think we're going to do a part two, I was just like, yes. <laughs> Praise be, because I was already feeling a part two coming on. So we hope that you enjoyed these two episodes. If you haven't listened to the first episode still, you definitely should go and listen to it and kind of get our take on what submission is meant to look like and uh, just all those things within society. And seriously, there is so much more that we could get into with yeah. that There will topic. be more episodes like this. For sure, yeah. <laughs> so we hope that you enjoyed this. Don't forget to download and subscribe and all that great stuff. We are going to wrap this episode up in prayer. So please pray with me. Lord, I just thank you so much for this day and I just thank you for this opportunity you've given us to really evaluate what we think about the home, about marriage, about just the way that we want to glorify you in those areas of our lives. And I pray that you would help all of us, men and women, to just glorify you in every single thing that we do and that that would just be something that we're constantly asking ourselves. Is this glorifying the Lord? Is this bringing him honor and praise? And if it's not, I pray that you would help us to change, that you would help us to be so focused on you that the things that we do that don't glorify you and that don't honor you are just immediately cut out of our lives. We just don't even want them anymore. I pray that we would just be completely devoted to you and to the design that you've given us as men and women for our marriages and our homes. I pray that you would help us, especially as women, to just cultivate this inside world where we can all go to feel peaceful and to feel safe and protected and to give all of us rest from the outside world that is so evil and tiring and that just drains us. I pray that we would just create places of good and places of beauty that we can all abide in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Be sure to download and we will talk to y'all next Monday. Bye, guys. (laughs) 